Welcome back to the Coach's Corner podcast. It is Brian. We got Coach Mo and we got Coach Joel. On today's episode, we are going to talk about behavioral management, managing players' behavior on and off the court so that you can have some success. So if you're a coach or a parent who is coaching a team, this could give you some tips to deal with some behaviors that you see on the bench that could limit kids' success. So we'll throw it to the intro and then we're going to get right back to y'all. Peace. Welcome back, y'all. It is Brian, Coach Mo, and Coach Joel. Um, again, we're going to talk about behavioral management because um, it's not just having a team that can go out and beat everybody. There's a level of other stuff that coaches do in managing personalities, managing player behavior that allows for a successful team. So we'll talk about some potentially distracting behaviors and maybe uh, Coach Mo and Coach Joel can give some situations or examples of some distracting behaviors and just talk about and give some ideas of how we deal with it. All right. Behaviors. Is it safe to say that you guys have experienced problematic behaviors with players that you've had on and off the court? No, that never happens. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Nothing ever happens. Like, we have to do this all the time. And everything is good. Everything goes smooth every single game. All right. Well, that's all we got. We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, John. Yeah, we've experienced. We've experienced it. Uh, Joel, you being the guest, I let you. I let you. uh, You know, talk about your experiences with seeing it on off the court on practices. You have, you know, Joel. You have, you know, a lot of years into coaching. You know, girls and boys, and you. We've recently seen things, even since you've been with me. And you kind of, I let you go first. You know, what have you seen? So yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've seen a lot of behaviors. Um, I mean, on the court, just kids giving up on their own teammates. saying, I can't make anything. I can't do anything. I'm not helping the team. Kids getting upset. I'm not running the play right. Whatever it may be. And then they're on the bench. They don't want to be by their team. They, they're just done. They're deflated. They're done. They, this is it for their basketball career is what they're thinking at that moment, which, I mean, in the heat of those moments, it just really just, it's kind of bringing it all together and just having a kind of a quick talk and taking a deep breath and wanting to know that, you know, we're in this together. Whether we win or lose, it's going to be a team loss. It's not just because maybe you didn't make one layer or you didn't make that pass as sharp as you need it to be. It's the team walks. I mean, this is a team sport. And everybody knows that. And that's kind of where we have to build from. Okay. All right. So speaking of that, how do you keep, how do you know where it's kind of crossing over to a point where, okay, it's going to require a little bit more than just talking during the game, like where it's going to be some things that you're going to have to address after the game or bring parents in, how do you know it's gotten to that point where you need to bring the parents in and have a uh, honest conversation? You want you me to take it there? Oh, cool, <laughs> sure. I was, I was following up on that. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can kind of see it in the kids sometimes when you pull them aside and they kind of do that look, but they don't want to look at you and they're mad at you because you pull them out of the game. And you can just kind of see the behaviors kind of, build one on each other if they're at the game. 
Like they maybe make a turnover. They're like, okay, they kind of get back on defense, but now they make another turnover. They missed a lift and you kind of see them throwing up the arms or, you know, kind of hear not cussing, but yelling underneath their breath. Ah, I can't do anything right. And that's just after the game when we have a team talk, after the team talk is done, you know, we're kind of holding them in their parents' side and say, listen, you know, how you act on the court doesn't show your team that you want to be a part of this. It shows them that you gave up and that you're not willing to, you know, put in extra effort. And so that next week in practice, we just made it a little bit harder on them and work on those things with them, you know, do more layup lines, do more pre throw lines, do more boxing out, more rebounding type drills. I think that they get excelling in the game. We want to make an extra point of it to address those needs in practice so we're ready to go for our next game. Okay. So, you know, I'm hearing, you know, including the parents in on that. And one of the conversations I've had with other people, because I do a lot of talking to other folks, is encouraging people to communicate with the coaches. If you're having, if you're, if the child is having behaviors at school and things like that, keep the coach in the loop so that coach can help out with some stuff. I know Coach Mo in the early days of Academy, you remember this where we sat a kid down and made him do his homework through the first part of Academy because he is messing up at school. And so those kind of things, allowing the coach to kind of be in on the discipline as opposed to just yanking the kid out a basketball and essentially hurting the team, but also not really showing this kid the power of committing to a team. So, you know, for parents that are listening, we encourage you to include the coaches in these conversations, especially if they're having, you know, behavioral problems outside of just basketball, because you never know what backgrounds coaches have um, where they may be able to talk to somebody or mitigate somebody or even pop at a, pop up at a school to check in. You never know what tools they have in their bag. So, Coach Mo, for you, when does it cross the line in terms of, uh, a kid's behavior to the point where you're like, I don't know if I can have this kid on my team. Wow. And so <clears throat> and typically you start seeing that pattern. Like, I know we do a good job and you know, you're right. You've been with me for a long time. You don't work at, you don't work in this business. Typically you start seeing a pattern. And so you start giving those warnings out. You start, you know, addressing it in practice. You start addressing it. Eight games, maybe they don't start a game. Everything's there. I think when it starts getting to that point where you've, Try to address it in practice. You try to address it in game, but you know, limiting time. You know, we, you know, we get. I don't believe. I know coaches get all upset when they say, "Uh oh, I, you know, let's just keep the kid off the team." Well, I don't believe immediately doing that. There's always back there's underlying things. Uh, we all were raised different and grown up different, and we also don't know what kind of nightmares some of these kids might be going home to. I mean, we we just don't know. We just know that when we have them in that moment, we're trying to teach them in the best possible you know, basketball players and young men and women, we can't. We don't know what happens at home. So we give them uh, second chances. And they do so part when the team feels unsafe or the other players feel unsafe, you know, the constant cussing and the throwing of a chair, the, you know, when it becomes a safety thing where, you know, and then it is a guardian. You know, we know that things are, you know, you know, that not the parent might be the grandparent to take some. The neighbor, whoever is the guardian that is constantly dealing with this kid, if you have a sit-down meeting, they don't seem really interested in correcting those. Or I've had it over the years. I mean, 22 years, you're everything. I've had it where somebody's told me, well, you're not their dad, and you're, you're not, they don't have to listen to you like that. You just need to be quiet and, and teach them how to do layups. Well, I said, well, here, 
you see that door you came in right there. I want you to go right back through it, but take your bag and don't come back, right? <laughs> you know, that's, you know that it, that's not going to happen. And so I think when the you have you don't have support from the, the people that are bringing the kid, you've tried those, you know, on every avenue. It's a distraction to the team. The team doesn't feel like that, you know, that kid can really, you know, be a a, a productive kid on the team. Not playing wise all the time, but every part of it. But that doesn't mean you got to score or do those kind of things. Being in the bench, being a good teammate, they can't do that. I think that's where you're, you're starting to look at that the end goal of maybe this isn't the right fit and maybe this kid needs a little bit more uh, than we can provide. All right. All right. Coach Joel, do you have anything to add to that one? I mean, no, I just, I, the one thing I would like to say is just that. I mean, you know, I've seen it even through my daughter. You know, I coached her for years, and I see it now. She plays for, you know, Bellevue's High School. And, you know, this is a team that doesn't have the best record, and they have kids giving up on the court, but she's still trying to be that positive person on the court and off the court for her team. She's still trying to fight for rebounds, still trying to take shots, make good passes, play defense, even though they're losing by, you know, 30 or 40 points. So, Never give up on your team. I mean, these are I mean, CMA. It's like family. It's like your brothers out there. So five forms to the very end. All right. All right. So here's what I want to do, because I'm interested in this thread, and I do want to put it from the perspective of, let's say I'm a rookie coach, and I'm going to give a couple of different scenarios, but we'll go through one scenario at a time. And what I want you guys to do is tell me what to do. Okay. So I'm coming to you as a rookie coach. All right. And whoever wants to go first can go first on it. But okay, guys, I'm a rookie coach. I'm at my wits end. I mean, I got this kid, you know, she's the star of the team. She does everything on the court, but she picks on, she's a bully. She picks on everybody else on that team and her teammates are hating her. And now we have kids that are threatening to quit the team and parents that are constantly calling me because they don't feel like their kid is being protected. What What do I do? She's our star player. She does everything. So what do I do? Hey, Joel. You want me to take it? Oh, yeah. You so, got it. I mean, <laughs> thanks. So it, it's, I've had a similar situation coaching through the YMCA like this. Actually, last season, I had a girl that was, well, she was just a bassist. She did a dribble. She got to shoot the star player. Like you just mentioned, yeah. I had another parent call me and tell me that she was making fun of her, you know, this other child on my team and calling her names and just kind of picking on her. And this other kid was kind of frustrated and upset. So I kind of just went ahead and went back to the parent of the star player and kind of had them talk to her, had the parents actually talk amongst themselves outside of my, my contact. And they were kind of able to help resolve some of those issues. And I, when I saw them practice personally, I would address it. And I would, you know, sit down on the bench a little bit longer, kind of uh, as a repercussion for you to act like this is not being a team player for your family. You're going to sit. You're going to sit. You're going to have to watch. You're going to have to support them. I want you to cheer them on through this game while you're sitting here on the bench. All right. Okay. So, Basically wrapping the parents into this and enforcing some consequences on that kid, even though they're the star player, you know, it's you may be making some sacrifices in terms of a win or a loss. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's kind of uh, uh, it's a moot point because you're teaching a lesson that this kid can learn. They can internalize and take with them forever. Yeah. 
And I mean, me and Bo have seen it through the, this fifth and sixth grade team. We've had a couple kids that, you know, we had, they're even going to be able to make it through an entire game this season. <laughs> they've increased it now where they're, they're like, get mad at us because we're taking them off the court because they have made it through the entire game. And like, it's, I mean, it's the night day flip. And we, we just, we work with them. We don't give up on these kids. All right. Coach Mo, same question. Kid is on my team. You know, he is my best player by far. There's no comparison, but he's picking on all the other kids to the point where it's a safety threat because either there's going to be a fight, these other kids are going to jump him or something. What what do I do? I don't know how to handle this. You know, what you do, same thing as anyway, there's a door. And you come in, and I'm scared. So no, what you, no, so it's some steps, man. It, it, you know, like you say, it's the steps you take. The right steps to kind of you address it as much as you can see it. And uh, Brian, we, you know, we had this situation with our CMA team about three, four years ago. We had a really good player, and man, the kid was in there tripping people, <laughs> you know, and, and and pushing people down. And you know, I I would be working with another group, and then I had to kick them over and say. He's cussing and those kind of things in. Well, you know, we addressed it. You know, I addressed it right then and there. And the kid, you know, listen to me. I usually, I, you know, I usually don't have any issues when that happens. But I went home and told a parent. The parent came up and went off on me. And to, to me, you know, I, I laughed at that because, I mean, I, I've been in this game for a while. You're not going to hurt my feeling. I don't spend time at night crying. You know, about, <laughs> you know, letter two. <laughs> the kid said, and I asked, I said, did you talk to the coach that was earlier at first? Because, you know, we have a rule. I think every coach should put this in. You know, get out of your feelings for about 24 hours. Uh, get out of your feelings. Listen to what the kid says. But, you know, I, your first call should probably be today. Coach, if you weren't there. You know, you weren't there. And then see what happened. And, and particularly this mom did. And so my other thing is I had them exit the team because – the behaviors were going to change because right in front of the kid, the mom didn't hold the kid accountable. And so if the kid can't be accountable, he only carry scoring 30, 40 points. We go back, yeah, it's cliche, but it's a team game, right? So the thing is, you have to win as a team. So, yeah, you might have scored 20 points, but the team beat us by 30, 40 because you are doing what you're supposed to do. No one trusted to pass the ball back to you. No one trusted your leadership and everybody lost because of, what you do outside of basketball, what you do on the sidelines. And I think that's probably the biggest thing parents got to realize that I'm sitting here by your kid. You know, Coach Joel is sitting, Coach Randall is sitting, you know, Brad, you've been the game. You sit here and we hear the negative stuff this, this star player is saying. And that doesn't make that, that doesn't make anybody want to play with that kid. Right. And what will happen is we try to address it and we see, I've seen it years and years of coaching and they'll team hop. And they'll go to the next team. And they won't hold them accountable. And it's still doing that. And then that coach is staying with them. And then the next team. And the next team. And guess what happens? You're a senior in high school and you're sitting on the bench. Or you're a senior in high school and you're not playing basketball or football or baseball or soccer or whatever. Because no one wants to be around you because you're not you're detrimental to a team. And that's not, you know, and that's pretty sad because that's something that can be dealt with early on. Okay. So what I'm hearing is. You know, it's kind of the theme that no player is bigger than the team. And so if a player is hurting the team and they're not stopping hurting the team, that's where you guys are looking at, okay, is this the best fit 
for, you know, is this the best thing to have this kid continue to be on this team, even though they're, you know, even though they're scoring a lot or whatnot, is this the best fit moving forward? And sometimes making that decision to kind of separate, right? Yep. If it's not the best fit for the team, if the team is suffering under, we don't allow the team to suffer just because of one player. That sound Does that sound about right? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. I got a couple of other questions, but we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. I'll throw a break in here and then we'll come back. Okay, we're back, and we're back with more questions. This section is, and if you're just tuning in, this is for coaches uh, and parents who, you know, who may be coaching teams about how to deal with some cognitive behavioral issues that we've you know, managing kids and running teams and stuff like that. And so now we're going to get into some stickier topics, but hopefully you know, we, it helps you guys out there who are listening to this address things on your team so that you can step on these behaviors before they pop up. So again, I'm a coach. I'm a rookie coach. Mo, bro, I got this kid. Mom and dad aren't together and they don't really get along that well. But when the kids with, when the kids with dad, he is a completely different kid than when he's with mom, when he's with mom, he's handling business and respectful, but when he's with dad on the week, when he's on the weeks when he's with dad, it's a completely different type of kid, different kind of temperament to the point where it's really hurting the team. What do I do? You know, what, what you do is say, get rid of him. I mean, I, I mean we don't need him. I'm scared. No, no, so, no, so it, it goes back. It, it goes back to having that, you respect, like you said, they respect us in practice, they respect the coaches. Uh, and, and it happens, man. Like, you know, when we were all in school, you know, you had that one teacher you really like. Like, I think Miss Dodge is my favorite teacher at fourth grade. You know, I liked her. You know, at high school, I liked certain teachers, other teachers, and kind of like whatever, you know, I'll be tripping on their feet, you know, not get hurt real bad. Or, you know, but, you know, but it's, I still had to be respectful because I knew it was going to be, you know, and you're going to, you know, they're going to call somebody. Well, now, you know, we're in a time, and it always has been this way. But now with social media, a lot of stuff is really highlighted. And so we get that. I mean, there's a lot of homes that are, you know, for the single parent homes. And I applaud the moms. I applaud the dads. They're trying to make this happen. But what happens in the coaching world is the communication is not always there. And I know that's rough. And I don't, you know, I don't, I've been married to my wife going 17 years and the owner more than my life, you know, and we hope that never happens, but, but we've already, you know, we've discussed that over the years, like, hey, no matter what, you know, you got to make sure we get the kids in the game, if that ever happens, make sure that, you know, so we had a conversation and, and I would hope more parents do that. But if you had this kid, and let's say this is not happening, you do your best to get the behaviors as straight as you can, regardless of either parents there. So like, make sure they're doing their they're doing practice, do what they're doing on the bench on the, on the game. And so we stab this silent to the kid. Now, if we start noticing, and we have it, we have it in GMA, we have it. Every organization has it. Mom, Kevin, you said, Brian, it comes different. In those situations that I've done before is I've had a parent meeting individually where I, um, I, I might tell, you know, 
you know, the one, the parent that the kid seems to be responding a little bit better to. Hey, I really appreciate it. You know, and then this is where my background, you know, working at Boy Sound, working with juveniles, you know, and I might ask like, hey, let me, what do you do to prepare for practice? You know, I start researching like, you know, he eats before practice, he does homework before practice. He like, we're not taking a nap after school, you know, like, oh, maybe it's, you know, okay, that makes sense, you know? And then I'll talk to the other parent because, you know, if they're not together, they probably don't want to sit there and hold hands and talk, you know? And so I'll talk to the other parent and kind of see what the routine is, you know? I'm like, what is your routine? I'm just happy to get him. Everything's good. We haven't had a funny bunch of candy before a year. He may or may not sleep. We don't really talk about much. It's practice. So when I'm looking at the routines are different. And so I'm getting, you know, uh, one where routine seems to be a little bit more calm, preparing this kid for a 7.30, 7 o'clock p.m. practice, you know, and another one might be, I'm just happy that, that you're here. And that's fine because, I mean, that, those are tough situations. But in that case, this is where I'd help that parent. I'm like, hey, you know, when it does come, not throwing you under the bus or anything like that, too, I think the kid really likes to do his homework beforehand. I really like that the kid doesn't benefit from having a bunch of candy, 10 minutes for practice, you know, like, so we just kind of ease that into, if it gets a little more mainstream, I've had it where I've had to actually sit down with both parents together and kind of come up. And, and what I said is, in general, guys, this is really affecting the kid overall. So we need to be all on the same page. So it's kind of, you know, finding what works with the parent that's working with or the grandparent and I, I'm going to be able to work with. And then once that it's kind of shaky, find out their routine, and I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, it doesn't match. And it's really just kind of finding that medium so we can be successful on the court and in practice and everything you know, as smooth as possible. We know it's not going to be perfect, but being as smooth as possible. All right. All right. Coach Joel, any portals you want to put in there? Yeah, no. I mean, both it, both it a lot of it. That was really good. I would just say even, too, inviting the parents to practice, just to kind of see, like, yeah, the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's house. This is what he looks like at practice. He's kind of sluggish. He's not really going with the ball. He's very lazy, you know, hustler. He just did last one down the court, whatever it may be. And when he's at Bob's house, he's going, he's a lot more active. He's a lot, lot better shooter. He looks like he's trying to rebound. He's box back. He's doing all these things we're asking of him. So, and then having the parent just kind of see that their own self really helps and kind of visualize and, and put it in perspective what we've been telling. All right. All right. Can I throw one in here from decades of managing kids in like group homes and things along those lines and dealing with, you know, this kid is a headache, is a nightmare when he goes with dad. He's perfect when he comes back from visiting with mom. Consistency. As long as you're the consistent piece of it, mm-hmm. that kid knows what they're expecting. They know what they're expect, how they're expected to act. Um, when they're around you, I think having that consistency and practice and consistent expectations when they come in, I, I kind of see that as something that could really help the situation. So even though they may be out there with dad or mom and, you know, when they come back, they you know, their behaviors are all over the place. If the practice is a consistent expectation, that kid will adjust to those consistent expectations. That sound all right. Definitely. Yes. Be that constant. Don't be that. Don't, don't add them on. Do you know, add them on. You said, don't, they don't have, you know, everything's confusing at, you know, dad's house and mom's house. And then it's confusing at practice. And right. you know, got to have something. And sometimes these kids, and right, you and Joe both know, you know, in our backgrounds, 
we are that we are that that rock sometimes for that kid, you know. We are that okay, so we can't break that man as many times we got you know personal stuff going on, we all do, you know. But for that hour and a half of practice, for that hour of game, just taking a deep breath and just being constant. Yep, yep, I understand. Yep, you're right. School's rough this week. Cool. Let's talk about that homework. We'll get it together. Hey, um, game tomorrow. Let's focus on, you know, doing your job and we'll get back to it. You know, and that kid is not, not need to hear that. That need to draw that conversation. Just needs to hear that we got their back. All right. I appreciate that. So I got another one. <laughs> Coach Joel, man. So here's the thing. <laughs> this kid is my best player again and my best behaved player. I never have any issues with this kid on the court. He encourages his teammates here. Well, let's say he or she encourages his teammates. They handle business. They do everything I ask them to do without question. And they go above and beyond. They'll stay after they're the first ones here, last ones to leave. Just your model player. Yeah. But they just got suspended from school for fighting. And now the county attorney's kind of sniffing around because this is not the first time that they've assaulted somebody. And it's starting to get really bad because this kid's getting caught up um, in some other stuff. They come in and I can smell, you know, I don't think they're smoking, but I can smell it on them. I can smell the weed on their clothes. So whoever they're rolling with is involved in some stuff. How do I address this? Because this is my best kid. I'm scared that I might lose them, not just because they're the best player, but just as a, just because I don't want them to stray off the path and ruin their life. What do I do? Well, shoot, I mean, if they're the best player on the team, they're by the model says that press, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're good now. I mean, I think it just goes back to communication. I mean, communication with Harris, communication with Mo, Randall, whoever it may be, and just kind of keep us in the loop and let us know, like, you know, if he's actually this outside of, you know, prices and the games and he's, you know, on the verge of possibly going to jail again, that, I mean, we may have to do cinema or he may not play this weekend because he's acting up. So, you know, finding maybe another outlet for him. What is it that he likes about basketball so much? that he's willing to act so well about, you know, do we need to find another outlet or another source for him to find something to, you know, to harness or hold in a danger and aggression? All right. And I think giving a target to that is a big thing. Also, I know specifically, now I'm shifting back and kind of talking to the parents, talk to your coach. You never know what resources they have available. You know, maybe it is a transportation issue. He's got to ride with his this kid is, is his cousin ain't about nothing. And so he's kind of going down that path. Let's remove that block and maybe s- schedule a parent that go, can go pick him up from the house. You know, yeah, and I know that's something that me and both talk about all the time. And Randall, that, you know, we will pick up any of these kids. We just want them that practice. You know, they can't get better. They can't slip and play every weekend. If they got to all these practices, they got to ski and agility, they got to do the same with Right, right. In my old life, I was known for popping up at a kid's school just to kind of check in on them. And so, you know, parents, this is where we kind of, you know, if you're having some massive behavioral issues, include the coach in on this conversation. Like I said, Coach Mo has coordinated some stuff. I know Coach Joel has coordinated some stuff to address some of the other behaviors. But if it's getting to a point where, you know, and Coach Mo, you can speak to this better than I can. If it's getting to a point where, you know, yeah, basketball is the outlet for this kid, but 
they're a terror everywhere else. What do we do? You know, what's the conversation you have with the kid and the guardians? Well, you start, you know, this is you start having that real life conversation. A lot of kids we deal with are teenagers. So uh, you start having that real life conversation where you're, you start preparing them. And I've had this conversation with my son, uh, he's 14, freshman. I start having this conversation when he was younger. You know, it's like, there's going to be life after sports. There's going to be life after basketball. And people, you need to, you know, you're going to have to go do something after high school. Let it be college. Let it be work. Let it be a trade school. It doesn't matter. And you, people got to be able to trust you. People got to be able to, you know, sit down and think that you're going to be, you're going to be okay. They can leave you alone to run a cash register. They can leave you alone to check in, you know, patients as a nurse. They can leave, you know, that you're going to be able to, have to do this. And if you're fighting, you're still, you're doing things that are, you know, borderline criminal right now, you know, doing things that can really hurt you as an adult, it's not going to get any better if you don't address it now. And so I had those conversations with the kids, like you are going to be, one day you're going to be, you know, a young adult, women and men that are taking care of everybody in the country. You know, you're going to be, you know, providing something that helps people out. And if you can't get it straight now, you get something on your record, you get something there, it could happen. And I speak this from Ed Bryant, I tell you, two kids that did not grow up, you know, with, 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 with rich, you know, with a bunch of money or, you know, uh, with a pool in the backyard or kind of things that, you know, we didn't. And we also grew up in neighborhoods where you had, you know, you can have a side where it's, you know, everybody's playing ball, everybody's, you know, playing sports, doing good. Or you can also walk right down a couple blocks and you can, you know, jump into a gang and jump into those kind of things there. It's just giving and putting it in their head, like, hey, there's a choice you can make. By coming to basketball, you're going to get a chance to get on the floor, get away from all that, something like that too, and just be a straight. But doing the stuff you're doing is going to put you in a path where you're going to get something on your record, you're going to get something that's going to hurt you for your future. So I always have the conversation. The kids right like, hey, here, I'm like, how old will you be 10 years from now? And they're like, 25. I'm like, you're an adult. Do you want to be 25 in jail? 25, something on your record? 25, no one can trust you? I only went 25 where, hey, you know what? I remember that conversation, and now I'm good. Let, let alone if they're in the NBA, playing overseas, or being a doctor. You know, they're going to make the right choices. And so I have those conversations. And so I think the, the thing that hurts me the most, and I, you know, you know, going a little longer in this is, is the, we talk to the parents about this a lot, too. And I've had actual parents that are just so caught up in the moment of getting their kid ranked or getting their kid playing time, getting their kid exposure that have taken the kid from us. And that, for me, I know Joel's thought about it, Randall, it, it hurts us because we care so much as dads first to know that a kid, a parent would be so upset that we want the kid to be a good human being as long as, as well as a good player that you would sacrifice them staying with people that will address those and go to somewhere else because I've looked on the news and seen kids that's done that, that I've had and they're in prison, you know, and they are, you know, they're doing the news for the wrong thing, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the kids, but just because I don't know what the saying is, but you know, millionaires, you know, if you are, you know, if you are a person that isn't, isn't good with money and you get $10 million, you're going to be bad with $10 million just as you were with 10. You know, so just because you leave a problem, the problem's going to follow you to its address, you know, and we want to make sure I know we, you know, we talked about it is 
can we address this? You know, basketball's one thing, but can we address that? We want you to come back alive each practice. We want you to come back right. not suspended. We want you to come back, you know, to not have an attention and you're late to our practice because you had an attention and to not run off friends and potential people that can, you know, speak for you for a job, speak for you for a college, you know, a scholarship. Don't run people off with their behaviors, you know, and, that, you know, and we really are big on that. So this in there, um, a lot of these jailhouses and prison yards across the country have basketball hoops. <laughs> yep. You know, unfortunately, that's the reality. You know, you can be a phenomenal hooper and still be in jail for your behaviors. I mean, that, that you know, that's the harsh reality of everything. Um, coming to basketball practice and being an all-star player is great, but being a piss poor citizen outside of it, that can really get you in trouble. So I'll wrap this. I want to start wrapping this up because I want to get some keen insights for coaches that are just starting out. Coach Joel, I'm a brand new coach. Give me one or two pieces of advice that I can use to kind of establish, establish the temperament for the team, kind of establish the rules and expectations for the team. What's one thing that I can do to help establish that out the gate? So I don't have, so I can not have any issues. Yeah. Something that I tell the helps is communication. Keep communication over with parents, with the kids. I'm a parent meeting with the kids there present. Just kind of lay down, you know, on the first practice. Hey, this was expected. This is what I'm looking for. You know, if this is not met, then, you know, your kid may not play this weekend or he may not play it. He or she may not play as much as they thought they were going to play. So communication. I mean, I can't stress it enough, but communication is key. Okay. Communication is key. Thank you, Coach Joel. Coach Mo. let me switch over here. I'm a rookie coach just starting out. What's one piece of advice? Because Joel touched on the communication piece. What's one piece of advice you can give me for spotting trouble before it happens on your team with the kids? Set expectations before you even jump into this world. And I'm calling people out. I mean, not everybody's built to coach. You know, people may not agree with a call. And it happened to me and Joel last week, you know, like, you know, a kid might be upset. No, because coach, this coach said this, and they're like, no, you just weren't playing defense. You know, you just weren't, you, you weren't doing what you were doing on the court. And we can deal with court stuff, but as you're a new coach, you got to set your expectations, and you almost got to be, I mean, you got to be pretty strict right off. And I'm not saying strict where you're, you're body night, you're throwing chairs, you're just going to things there. That coach is ridiculous. You know, get mad on you one, and if you're a body night fan, that's great. Okay, that was that was, ridic- that was ridiculous, you know, little too. But coaching you, a third grader, you know, a fifth grader, you know, eighteen, learning the game, it just establish your rules. Have your have your things. I knew these are the ten things I'm going to talk to you. Don't call me. You know, you're a problem. Twenty four hours. Don't text me right when problems happening. Don't pull your kid off the court. Put those in. If that would bother you for the sideline as a parent, put it in there, and then. Put that out when parents sign up for your program or if your volunteer comes away with that, and then you have it, and then you don't run into those extra issues. So establishing what your what your level of things you're gonna to tolerate. All right. I got one more I want to add on there, and this comes from the group home world and managing kids. When you're first starting out and you're stepping in and you're working with kids, and 
you know, there are going to be certain thresholds and certain cutoffs, but it's almost better to be a little bit over strict where your expectations are where your expectations are rock solid and you really toe that line as the kids are getting to know you and then as they get to know you you kind of relax things a little bit then to come in and be super permissive and then get strict after the kids start running over you it's better to be to establish yourself as the authority out the gate and then dial it back a little bit than to do it the other way around would you guys agree with that one Yep. Yeah. I've seen it too many times where they're nice. The kid throws them under the bus. And now everybody's everybody all must suffer. All the kids have to toe the line and they're super harsh. And then that ends up damaging the relationships with these kids because they started knowing you as a nice person. And all of a sudden you became the mean person as opposed to coming in and being the person that doesn't play around. And once the kids get to know you, then they're like, oh, such says it's cool. They're just, they just got their expectations. They're tough and they won't play with you. So I would say that to start out, if you're coming into a situation specifically when you're dealing with kids and their parents, because if their parents know that you're strict and you don't play around too, you'll get a lot less funny business as you move forward. And as they get to know you, you can ease up a little bit. Yeah. And you can, and you can still be yourself as you go there. We can still be yourself and do that. Like it's Joy's a different coaching style. I have a different one. Randall's a different one. You know, a lot of the high school coaches have a different one. We're all different people. But yeah, you can still, like your brand said, you can still be yourself. I think a lot of coaches don't know that. Like, it's like, well, I, I don't yell a lot. And the coaches are saying, like, no one's asking you to yell. What Brian just said is just be consistent and be straight and even the top. And like, this is what it's going to do. You can smile and tell them that. You can smile. You can be, I'm a, I'm a, I'm more of a comedian, I think, you know, I'm a comedian, so I've a more kid, but I don't have, I also don't have kids, you know, flicking me off or cussing me out and, oh, you different coach. I never, I didn't, my 22 years ever heard anybody. You change up on me, coach. You were like this. No, I've always been pretty nice, been pretty friendly, but I also said, you're late to practice and you didn't show up, so you're not starting. <laughs> you know, like, but what do you mean by this? You smile and say it. Yep. And I was consistent. I smiled and I said the rules. And you, I'm going to smile while you sit beside me on the bench and be ready to get in because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. You know, so you don't have to lose who you are. You can, you can still establish these rules. Right, right. So I think that's where we're going to leave it, y'all. Anything else you guys want to add to this before we... Joe, I think... Joe, I think people should probably... What, and I like to build up people, but I, but I also want to make sure that people understand... Why they're here. You know, me and Brian, you, you hear the podcast, you know, me and Brian been with college buddies, you know, been through a lot, we did radio together, uh, you know, this is my wedding, best man, that's the best man, you know. So we know each other, you know, we know each other. Uh, Joel, in the same day I've got a throw in the random, it's like, we appreciate who you are, what you bring to CNA, you know, and what I like about what Joel brings is what he, we talked about today, the behavior management. Um, I'm a fiery dude. You know too. I'm a fiery code too. But I'm fired for the right reason. I'm trying to you know, get the refs to see that they're not calling you there. You know, and pay you, wake up. You know, make sure the kids aren't getting hurt out there. And you need that other person to talk to the kids when I pull them out. Sometimes it's like, hey, listen, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And it goes well. It's right. You are walking down the court. One thing Rena started doing, and then Jules did it. Started doing that week was 
recording the games and actually showing those kids so we can, that's a reference that Joel can talk about a bit. Hey, you remember last week we watched you walk up the court? You're doing the same thing. No, I'm not. Okay, now when we're done, we're gonna watch film then because, oh, you're right, you're right. Is that that? So I really appreciate what he's brought back, you know, that he's able to be that calming voice if I'm head coaching and, and it's like vice versa, he has a kind of voice when he's standing up and sometimes they need to get, you know, some fiery voice right in the sideline and it, it just works. So we appreciate what you're great. And he's also a person that will go out and help transport the kids, contact the parents, you know, so, you know, and what's going on? Like, worry about their personal life. Same thing with Coach Randall. They worry, we worry about what's going on when we don't see a player. And I think that really separates us, but I really appreciate him. And I wanted to, Talk that from an outside looking in, and this is why he's here. All right. I appreciate that. Coach Joel, do you have any words that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm happy to be here. And I mean, I think we got a really good group of coaches between me, Randall, and Mo, and we all are willing to help each other out. I mean, Randall leaves offered this next weekend to sit on the bench and kind of, you know, pump kids up or talk to them about why they got pulled out or whatever it may be. So I think that's awesome. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's for the kid, making sure they're they're on and off for. But I mean, I'd like to give a shout out to Ronald Rodriguez. I mean, he's the one that kind of connected with me, Coach Mo. I didn't really know about Ron about CFA before he started playing the last summer. I started him with some of his games. I like what I saw. Matt Coach Mo kind of got in with him, started some practices, and it just kind of went from there. So he really kind of streamlined that process for me. And, you know, I'm excited to see him come back this summer, too. I've been watching with Brian this past year, and I know he's you know really pumped and excited. He's going to turn a lot ahead. So. All right, Coach Joel, don't be a stranger. We're going to have you back on. We're going to have you back on in the future. Maybe even get Coach Randall up in here and have the whole crew on here. But thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you t- your time. Again, our camp's coming up on Monday. But if you missed the Monday camp, we we got another one in the chamber that we're playing, and it's gonna be it's gonna be different, but the same. If that makes sense, we're gonna be adding the same kind of value to it, but it's gonna have a little bit different twist on it. We're still mapping that out. But you can find the link for our current camp in the show notes. And then I'll try to keep the, the links updated as this episode ages online yeah. and try to keep the, you know, keep the links for our camps pretty much the same, but come on out. If you hear this before then go ahead and register. Um, you got to register before you come out. You can't just show up to this, but we're going to be doing a lot of great things there. I'll be there with the camera <laughs> trying to capture everything, but Thank you for tuning in. You can hit us on social media. If you're seeing this on YouTube, you know, the like, share, subscribe thing. Liking the page actually helps us out a lot on YouTube. Yeah. We get to a family, man. We have basketball categories a year round thing. You'll see that on the page. Uh, we have Speed Agility. Shout out to Activate, the Brent, Krista, and everybody in there. We do the Speed Agility, which will be adding some more days, Brian. We add some more days to that. Mm-hmm. You get to learn a lot about that if you come out to the kids, but this is something we do year round. And man, I get my feelings a little bit. I see people with 20,000 followers and something like that too on Instagram. And all they're doing is like doing a slip and slide and, and, and doing a backflip and you know, doing something weird. And like, you got 20,000 followers. Man, I'm trying to help people out. Like, I like every now and then. You know, I think we're doing something good. So, like Brian said, if you like it and follow, you'll be connected and we'll answer a lot of your questions just going to those links. All right. Yeah, I heard about it that little bit. Four. Yeah, I'll get you started. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out, honestly, shout out to all of our high school boys that are going to districts. 
Going in this, this week, this is, I think, Atlanta in their last games, their last regular seasons here in, in the Nebraska area, tonight or tomorrow. And so next week it counts. So you win, you have some shout out to them. Shout out to all of our uh, freshmen that are uh, going out and doing stuff. And just a special, sorry, we had a player, Jaden Spears, uh, last night suffered a severely broken leg at a game. And so we're just, uh, you know, prayers out to him. I've been talking to uh, mom since it happened. And he had a successful surgery this morning. He's back at home. He's been with us a long time. And he plays at Bellevue East with my son, Ami. Chris and Trey and Mikey and all those boys and that freshman class is uh, really strong. And so shout out to them, prayers to them, a speedy recovery, a CMA family. And we, uh, we're going to do what, what we can. If it's food, if it's bringing something, if mom needs a fundraiser, you know, we'll take care and get that kid back on his feet. He's a kid that we just appreciate. He's obviously upset. First thing he told me was, you know, he's upset about not being able to do AAU. I mean, that's the heart of a bonger right there, man. Nothing to apologize for the fact that you, that's your, you, you're not, I mean, you got up. I mean, like when you were ready to go, you couldn't move, but you were ready. You fought through what happened last night. It's crazy. Cause I probably been still there screaming. I mean, it's, you know, screaming. So I, you know, just shout out to him and shout out to all those players. Yep. Jay, you part of the team, bro. Regardless where we travel and what we do, you're always part of the team. You're coming with us in Minnesota, man. Yeah. You're coming out. So you're in our thoughts and prayers, man. Get well soon. We'll be reaching out to your mom and stuff and kind of figuring out what we need. But you know how coach, you know how, how CMA mobilizes for uh, the players that need it. So that's what we got, y'all. Again, like, share and subscribe, no matter what social media, your platform you're on. Follow us on YouTube. I'm working on trying to grow the YouTube. I need y'all to follow it and I need you to like the videos. Because that tells the YouTube algorithm what to do with the video and how to recommend it. Man, we need y'all to do that so we can keep spreading the message. Coach Joel, thank you for coming out. Coach Mo, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Peace.